0: Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert, and I am on with the very, very uh, radiant and excellent Dr. Ravello. Hi. Dr. Ravello, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I'm feeling very radiant. Thank you. Thank you for noticing.
0: I know. And uh, it is a Saturday night, and because we are so popular, we are both at home. (laughs) And we realized that we don't have a podcast for Monday, so we have to record this now.
1: So we have to do it now. We, uh, once again, could not get to it during the week because, you know, life, life happens. So yes, here we are on a Saturday night, cozy in our homes. And uh, yeah, podcasting, because that is is how cool we are.
0: (laughs) So I have so many people in my house, you can't even believe it. It is just, it is packed house here. And I was like, I have to go do this podcast. And they were like, all right, well, do what you got to do. And then we'll see you in a minute.
1: (laughs) That's a convenient escape route. I see what you did there.
0: The Dodgers are losing. So I couldn't take that anymore.
1: Yeah, let's not go there.
0: But I will say that on a sports front, uh, and maybe we have to bring Dr. Jason Berkeley in the Penguins won seven to one over the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I feel for my Leafs fans. They're they're having a very bad year.
1: Mm. Read a little bit of Doctor Hockey crossover here.
0: I know it. It would be funny to do a Doctor Hockey and Beverly Hills plastic surgery podcast combo.
1: Mm. Yes, I'd be very much out of my league, but I'd be happy to contribute.
0: Well, I think uh, Jason would probably be more interested in talking about plastic surgery than anything else. I can see that. <laughs> So we're going to talk about something cool tonight. Yes. Rectus diastasis repair.
1: It's only people who are home on Saturday nights podcasting that think this is cool, but...
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's so cool.
1: It is so cool.
0: Because the problem is that people whose bellies have kind of blown out, they've lost their six-pack, they've lost their eight-pack or their (laughs) two-pack, and it's turned more into a keg. They are uh, bumming because the muscles, those rectus muscles, the washboard muscles, have splayed apart. They they have separated either from age, once being heavy, having babies, something that has stretched the muscles apart. They can, no matter what they do, bring them back together. And that is called a rectus diastasis.
1: Right. And it's... To be separated and differentiated from an actual hernia, which is an actual hole in the abdominal wall. So that's you know the rectus di- the rectus muscles, those six pack muscles, go up and down the abdomen. And if they separate to the point that there's a full thickness hole in them, the intestinal contents can come through the rectus muscles and sit right under the fat and skin of the abdomen, and that's called a hernia. When the rectus muscles separate but still have a thin layer of what's called fascia covering the abdominal contents. That's a rectus diastasis. The intestines have not come through them, but they're getting pretty close. That thin layer covering them is getting quite thin and stretched out. And so these rectus diastasis can go on to become a true hernia over time. You know, If they continue to be stretched out, not repaired under a lot of stress. And typically, we see rectus diastasis in moms, in women that have had children, and due to pregnancy, especially large babies and small women, typically, you see a true separation of rectus diastasis. Um, but you can also see it in people that have been overweight for a long time and have had a lot of internal pressure on the muscles, and they just can't keep up with the extra weight and stress of the abdomen. And you can just see it, you know, over time in older individuals as well.
0: Yeah. And, and I've seen that in, and in fact, I've done this repair for men, men who are barrel bellied, their, their yeah. abdomens just blow out. Um, I think my dad used to call that the lawyer puff up and it's, uh, <laughs> like an over 50 kind of deal where the abdomen just turns into a barrel and no matter how many sit-ups you do and how many, how, how much, you know, whatever you do to try to improve your core, if the muscles aren't close together, then there's going to be extra room in the abdomen for things to just be sort of lax and blown out. And repairing those muscles is something that can really make men look a lot thinner, improve the aesthetic, and it doesn't have to be in the setting of an abdominoplasty where you're literally taking skin and fat off. You know, you don't have to have a hanging belly to do this. Although if you have a hanging belly, you might as well take the skin and fat off too. But- I've seen that fixing the rectus diastasis in men can make them look very svelte.
1: Yeah, of course. And like you said, no amount of sit-ups or abdominal exercises are going to repair this problem. You cannot bring back together what has been separated. And the problem is when those muscles are separated, they don't function Properly, They're not in their appropriate anatomic position. So they don't actually do their job, which is to keep the abdominal muscles or the abdominal contents tight and in place. They kind of just hang out and everything from the abdomen just pushes out and makes you look pregnant or barrel, you know, abdominal barrel, as you said. So by putting the muscles back together in their anatomic position, you actually improve their function, um, which then allows them to go on and do their sit-ups and strengthen their abdominal wall with an actual effect.
0: Yeah, and, and this is really common. Uh, you know, I used to call this operation where I just fix the rectus diastasis and not take out any skin or fat it is really what I call the Newport abdominoplasty because there are all these... Uh, women in Newport who've had babies, like lots of them, a lot of times, but they just—they're in such good shape. They haven't, they don't have these hanging bellies. They don't need a traditional abdominoplasty where you have to take the skin over the umbilicus, the belly button, and bring it through the abdominal wall. You just need to fix the rectus diastasis. And I have probably twenty patients like that, and they look great afterwards. They look amazing. I mean, there there is some artistry in terms of undermining the skin so that you can work in a in a funnel because I basically make a small little incision around the belly button and I typically will use their c-section scar because the c-section rate in Newport Beach is probably 92 percent <laughs> that's a that's a joke it's probably less than that but it's but it's high and so you use the c-section scar and a peri incision around the belly button and with an endoscope you can fix the muscles undermine the skin and let it all redrape and settle down and you get this amazing repair that makes their abdomen look really like scaphoid, like kind of scooped in and really tight.
1: Yeah, and that that is an excellent option because, like you said, historically, this is done with a tummy tuck or an abdominoplasty, and you have wide open access, you've lifted the abdominal wall and skin up, and you're getting ready to take out a bunch because it's a tummy tuck, and so you're looking right at the abdomen. You can see it, you can fix it, you can repair it. So that's the classic way that erectus rectus diastasis repair is done, Uh, but in this situation, when you're talking about women that don't need skin removed or in men that don't need skin removed, then accessing those abdominal wall muscles while minimizing the scar is very important because we don't want to be putting some giant vertical or horizontal scar on these people that don't need their skin removed. That's, that's not helpful to anybody and nobody wants that. So using these small incisions, like you talked about and using a camera or a lighted retractor to get in there and get access to the muscles is very key.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just did one of these uh, for a guy who had a fairly significant peri, uh, sorry, a significant umbilical hernia, like his, his belly button was blown out. It just looked like a, like a golf ball or a tangerine. And, you know, we made a peri-umbilical incision and that's it. And the whole incision all in, when it was wide open and, and open, was probably about three centimeters, uh, maybe four centimeters in length. And I could access all the muscles from the xiphoid, from the sternum, basically way high up in the, in the abdomen at the chest, all the way down to the pubic symphysis, down to the pubic bone. And I was able to put the muscles back together, fix the hernia, you know, run a, a really nice suture over it, and essentially make this guy's abdomen skinny. And yeah. it looked amazing. <laughs> and, I, and I was like jealous because I want somebody to do this for me, <laughs> Dr. Ravello. And and it's really done through a very small incision. It was like nothing, you know, it's the concept of the funnel surgery, just like when we harvest ribs, you know, we make this small skin incision, but then we work under, you know, the funnel comes out from that incision down to the the structures underneath, and you're able to access everything and repair everything through through a very minimal access incision.
1: And when you do your incision, are you going all the way around the belly button or just like a half moon around the belly button?
0: Half moon with an extension. In this case, we went up the abdomen by about two centimeters and then peri-umbilical. So it's really small. I'm not all the way around. The belly button is still attached to the skin. We wound up floating the belly button off because the the hernia had totally blown out the skin of the umbilicus, completely completely. And this isn't the first one that I've seen like this. And so when we did this, you know, we then – I could then put the belly button back down to the abdominal wall after the repair and make a really normal, nice-looking belly button uh, with a couple of uh, sutures. And it just looked great. I was really thrilled. I did a little bit of feathering liposuction to help with the undermining of the skin. And, you know, like, you know, one, two, three, and Bob's your uncle. There's your, your, your whole new skinny abdomen on someone that was never going to be Mm -hmm. able to bring those, that, that muscular anatomy back into position. It's just not possible.
1: Yeah. now they can make a huge difference. The one, um, caveat or word of caution, I would have probably more, more so for the male rectus diastasis repair is that typically the reason in men that you do have a rectus diastasis is because there's a lot of intra-abdominal fat, you know, with age, that's where men tend to put their weight and their fat on, as opposed to women where it usually goes to their hips. Um, and so certainly repairing the rectus diastasis is huge and being able to compress the abdominal contents and get them more flat. Uh, but if there's still a significant amount of intraabdominal or peritoneal fat, then you're not going to necessarily be flat. You know, you may still have some protrusion.
0: Of course, I mean, it, it does help to, you know, perform a, you know, three to four month weight loss program where yeah. you can get some of that intraabdominal fat out. But uh, even so, it, it's better, and that, oh, it's that's better. what guys are looking for. I mean, they really want it to be better. And all the exercise in the world, all the core exercise is not going to make it better.
1: Right, right. Um, So let's talk about mesh. Do you put mesh in with your rectus diastasis repair?
0: I typically do not. Um, I I guess if this tissue was really weak and not holding sutures, then I would use a mesh or I'd use some sort of uh, absorbable, maybe an alloderm or a, or a Stratus or something. I have no financial interest. Um, <laughs> but something like that might be the, the way to go if the tissue wasn't holding sutures. But I pretty much put the sutures through the muscle. I mean, I would have to grab something substantial because the fascia has already proven itself to not be strong. It's already right. stretched. So why would you count on the fascia to hold your sutures?
1: Yeah, I, I typically don't use mesh. I would say 98% of the time I don't use mesh. There's been a couple instances in women that were just so, 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 so bad. They looked like they were nine months pregnant with triplets. And I just knew that my sutures were not going to hold that level of repair intact. So in those cases, I have put mesh in and I actually use a permanent mesh. That's probably the general surgeon in me speaking. Um,
0: <laughs> totally. Totally.
1: But it works, you know. I I don't want. I don't want to come back to these things. I don't want to have to do this again. I want it to hold. I want it to last. Um, And general surgeons repair hernias with permanent mesh all the time. It works really well, and so I have on occasion done that on really, really, really large rectus diastasis, Um, and they do great. And they do. They're they're hurting for a week or two because they went from having a very stretched out stretched out enlarged abdomen to now having a much smaller intra-abdominal space uh so they feel it for sure Uh, but then afterwards it's a great repair and you know that that nine month you know with triplets pregnant belly is now flat you know which is amazing to them and they are they are over the moon happy about it
0: absolutely i mean that that's the thing it's like it looks so good and and all the exercise in the world wouldn't get you there um you know, in terms of my Newport abdominoplasty with the uh, with just doing the rectus muscle repair, maybe a little bit of skin excision over the C section scar. I, I, this is not a common operation in the rest of the world. In general, people need a full abdominoplasty. I do want to mention yes. that.
1: Yes, in general, yes. That you, what you are describing is certainly more rare. Um, and what I do think is interesting, like referencing back to general surgery days, when I was going through general surgery, it was dogma that you do not fix rectus diastasis repair. It's blown off. They say it doesn't work. No point in repairing it. It's not a true hernia. And then switch over to the plastic surgery world. And it's like, well, like, duh, you repair it because it does work and it does make a difference. And I remember on the last case I did of a rectus diastasis repair with mesh, I actually had a general surgeon assisting me and he was blown away. He's like, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that you, that you repaired these like routinely and it works. And he was so intrigued. He was like, I'm going to send all my patients to you now. He's (laughs) like, I didn't realize you could actually repair these and that it worked. I'm like, yeah, it it works. (laughs) So don't let your general surgeon or your OBGYN or whomever tell you that it can't be repaired because it can.
0: Well, I mean, we do that in abdominoplasty all the time. And that's the thing that I think um, if I had any uh, advice to people that are sitting here listening to this discussion, I'd say get in for a consultation because you need an evaluation to know what's going on with your abdomen. You know, if your belly is loose from muscle weakness, that's one thing. If it's loose because you have too much skin and fat, that's another thing. And if you have too much of both, that's another thing. And the only people that are really good at evaluating that are board certified plastic surgeons. The general surgeons have a different approach. The quote unquote cosmetic surgeons probably who have, you know, done dermatology and now they're doing abdominoplasties. They haven't done what we've done as general surgeons. I've it never is never actually
1: seen the inside of an abdomen. Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, and that's the thing is like when, when I do these hernia repairs, like I'm used to seeing, you know, the, the small intestine or the colon, like those things aren't like scary to me, but you know, for somebody that's done dermatology and now they've all of a sudden decided to try their hand at abdominoplasties, that may be a little scary the first time that they get in there and see, you know, some intestines poking through the hernia. That's not something they've ever dealt with. They've been prescribing steroids and popping zits and lancing things and cutting off lesions. And now all of a sudden they're dealing with, you know, intra-abdominal contents. So I, I really recommend, and this is just my opinion. You can do whatever you want. I recommend that you find a board-certified plastic surgeon to help you with an abdominoplasty. It seems to me that the experience and the training would be more fitting to these types of operations.
1: Well, yeah,
0: <laughs> and we don't need
1: to we don't need to belabor <laughs> that because that's a whole other podcast. But uh, yes, for sure. I mean, whoever you go to, you want to well, make sure. You know, sure people they don't understand that.
0: They don't understand that there are over 50,000 people in the country practicing plastic surgery, and only 7,500 of them are board-certified plastic surgeons. You're allowed to pla- practice plastic surgery. You don't, don't have to be a plastic surgeon to do plastic surgery. And, and this part- It's a terrifying part, it, statistic. It is. And, and people, you know, the average person, the chances are if you're just like opening, you know, up a Google search and finding a plastic surgeon- the odds are that you will not be in at the office of a board certified plastic surgeon. Those are the odds.
1: Yeah, marketing is intense and it's really hard to discern, you know, with all the language and the medical speak and certifications are very 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 hard to decipher. I will refer our listeners back to our board certification podcast <laughs> for a full <laughs> Absolutely. discussion. Absolutely.
0: Right, especially, you know, the some of even the letters after the names, you know, the F-A-C-S versus F-A-A-C-S, which are two different things, two totally different organizations. But yeah, I, I would recommend you listen to the board certifi- uh, board certification podcast.
1: For sure. Um, and in terms of this rectus diastasis repair that we've been discussing, um, probably one of the big things that I, we should mention is the post-operative recovery. Um, this is going to be on the, on the longer side of recovery, not necessarily from a pain standpoint, it'll be the usual, you know, a couple of days up to a week of pain, or you're, you're feeling okay by a week. But in terms of letting your body heal, you really got to take it easy for at least six weeks. You can't do strenuous exercise, running, core work, heavy upper body lifting, anything like this, because these tissues and the repair and the sutures. They need to heal. They need to stick because we, it is possible to bust these sutures open. Um, And we certainly don't want that.
0: Yeah, it it is. I mean, you can, I mean, it's going to hurt when you do it. That's for sure. But I've seen people do it. I had uh, one guy, I was like, how was uh, the first week? He's like, good. Except playing golf was really tough. Oh, (laughs) what are you kidding me?
1: broke my
0: heart yeah i mean seriously but that that happened like on day five after surgery out to the golf course to play 18 i'm sorry (laughs) did you read your post-op instructions was that in there to to be fair my
1: post-op instructions don't say do not play golf maybe (laughs) i need to add that
0: (laughs) it's like what I, i mean but you know if it doesn't say don't play golf Hey, you know, I read these over. It doesn't say I can't play. Let's go. (laughs) Balls in the air by 8 a.m. You know, it's like, what are you kidding me? You just had surgery on your abdomen.
1: No, you really got to take it, take it easy. And it's hard, especially like for the new poor mommies, like you're talking about who are used to working out all the time and exercising, taking six weeks off is really, really hard, but it's really, really necessary.
0: Well, what I do is I give them like a graduated entry into working out. So after three weeks, I say, you can do like some curls. You can do some tricep kickbacks. You can do some squats. I don't want you doing any sit-ups. I don't want you doing any running. Maybe you can get on the elliptical trainer at half what your normal speed is, things like that. So I walk yeah. them through it and I say, you have to go easy because if you rip these stitches apart, we're going to be doing this again.
1: Right. 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 Yeah, that's true. I'd probably do that as well. But um, yeah, that's, it's a great surgery. It's a great procedure. It can be done multiple ways. It can be done through small incisions. It can be done with an abdominoplasty. Men, women, it's gender-friendly. Everybody loves erectus diastasis repair.
0: Yes, I'd like one next week, please. If you could uh, book me for that, I'd appreciate it, Dr. Ravello.
1: <laughs> Any day.
0: All right, good. Uh, yeah, for uh, one of my patients I was talking to who I did his uh, facelift. Um, and he told me, whatever you do, don't call it a facelift because men do not want to have facelifts. You need to call it a uh, neck lift with an upper facial extension. You need to call it a uh, male refresher. You need to call it something else. So uh, I did his male refresher, mm. but he, I was telling him about this rectus diastasis repair. He's like, dude, you have to tell men about that because they all want that. Why do you yeah. think we're in the gym all the time? And right. if it's not going to work, why aren't you saying Come on in, and we'll put your muscles back together. I said no, that's a good point. So well, I am we can't sort call of, it a
1: tummy tuck. So no, no, you no, gotta, no. We got to find some registered trademark name <laughs> for this procedure. An Instagram famous it.
0: Totally. I'm gonna I'm gonna go totally against our like don't name procedures podcast, and we're gonna name it something super cool and trademark it. <laughs> anyway, but uh, that is the the key is that if you can get it with the with if you're if you're like a guy in your late forties, fifties, sixties and you're doing your neck lift with the upper facial extension, you're doing this, you know, a little bit of rectus diastasis a pair, you know, the we could call it like the like the Batman procedure. So you could look like Batman with his abs or whatever. But you know, there's there are names that you can call it. Whatever it is, the bottom line is that we're trying to make the abdomen scaphoid. We're trying to flatten it out. And you do it with the other procedures. I mean, you can really turn back the clock in a big way on the aesthetic, especially because there's nothing that makes a guy look older than a belly.
1: Right. Right.
0: Gotta get rid of it. Gotta 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 take the ball and run with it and get the belly off.
1: I think you're I think you're on to something.
0: Well, we'll uh we'll continue down that road on our next uh next endeavor. Do you have anything more to add about the rectus diastasis repair, Doctor Ravello?
1: No. No, I don't.
0: I think we nailed it. If you
1: have it and it's it's bad and it's bothering you, get it fixed. This can go on to become a hernia if it's very large. So it's not something you necessarily want to uh, not address. And even if you are gun shy of surgery, at least come in for a consult, see what your options are. You don't have to proceed. But certainly the last thing we want is for you to have to have a hernia repair because that's a whole different animal going to see a general surgeon and you are going to get some big scars so
0: (laughs) yeah that's for sure all right well I think that sounds good so from uh, our zoom call tonight this is the Beverly Hills plastic surgery podcast coming to you from the 90210 thanks for listening to the Beverly Hills plastic surgery podcast if you want to reach dr. Ravello or myself we're available for consultations. We can also be reached through the websites. Dr. Vello, what's your website?
1: My website is com, and the phone number to reach us here in the office is 310-954-1355.
0: And I do want to mention Rock Spa, which is the sponsor, truly the financial backer of this podcast. And Rock Spa is the Spa that's located both in Newport Beach and Beverly Hills, providing Botox, fillers, lasers, microneedling, esthetician services like hydrofacials. We have incredible people. They do great stuff. And I highly recommend taking a look at the websites, com or com. All the information is also on my website, drcalvert.com.